know. My mom only texts me when there's something wrong. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Uh, but it's fine, though. Uh, well, we text each other when we need something, but mm-hmm. also um, I'll just... Every time that happens where I either text or call her, we end up on the phone for, like, three hours. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> Vibes. I call every time I call my mom. I'm in my room and my call drops because I have Mint Mobile. Uh, <laughs> I regret re- recommending mobile. that because I realize it's awful for your house. I don't. I love it. Mint I love mobile. Mint Mobile. Yeah. I need to tell you, like, it saves me so much money. Yeah, like it's, it's so just worth. Very it. bad for I your just house can't in particular. Send texts downstairs, I, uh, I'm and still I can't on calls. my family's <laughs> my family's plan mm-hmm. um, because I'm a millennial and have no money. Yeah. Um, which is great because uh, I'm gonna have to start paying for my own insurance. Love oh. that for me. Oh no. But Been there. what I love about that is that I work for the state, so it's very cheap. Playing my master's though. It's great. Ooh, I started the theme song. I don't know if you can hear it. We cannot. What episode are you watching? A bell. Refill, Mr. Franklin's glass, will you? Now, when you get up there tonight, oh, don't drink so too much. Oh, don't yeah. worry, I won't. How about a whiskey and soda? Huh. Less soda than usual, thanks. And this is why. Uh. To drink. Just a sip might improve your humor. Aren't you drinking? I never drink. No, I've had a couple. Come on, I'm not drunk. And an excellent vintage it is, too. But if you're implying that I'm tipsy, sir. And welcome to Tipsy Terror, the podcast where we get drunk and watch a horror movie and then tell you lovely listeners about that horror movie while we're still drunk and we cut in clips like this clip right here. That this would be the place if I was ever to. Now, so you guys don't think I'm going because I'm horny. Thanks, babe. None of us thought that. (laughs) I'm a little bit more drunk about that horror Um, movie. I feel like I'm as drunk as you, so that's fair. <laughs> today um, on Tipsy Terror, my name's Molly. I'm Sam. And I'm Harish. And today we have a very special guest named Kyla. Hello. Hello. She is one of my very good friends, and she has so graciously decided to appear on a podcast where we will be talking about... What? I'm being... This is a good so intro. graciously a decided star. to appear on our <laughs> podcast. This is a nice intro, you fuckers. She oh stooped so low as to appear on our podcast. <laughs> what? I mean, that's not the way I said. She very... She like... Oh, is she's great. What a great person. Um, Stop. You don't have to do that. <laughs> I love it. No, you're so great. Um, we're watching... What movie do we pick? Uh, Cabin in the Woods. Which mm-hmm. is a fucking banger of a 2012? film. 2012? 2012, maybe? Yeah. I think out. 11... Yes. Yeah. Oh, we have anyway. to fact check that. I'll Remember fact check it right now. About to end in 2012, yeah. um, <laughs> movies could just do anything they wanted. Precious so memories. When is that movie gonna be on the roster? 2012. Yeah, 2012. Okay. Oh, okay. 2011 Before is when the this movie ended. came out. Mm-hmm. That's not a horror appropriate. Movie. I don't know. This feels like That's a very. Fair. 2014 it is if you're movie? afraid of global warming <laughs> which i am so that's appropriate <laughs> our first segment is the the trivia, trivia. that we do oh it's oh it's, it's me. samantha samantha's the designated driver I'm the designated driver okay um all right give me your buzzer noises uh <laughs> that's his buzzer noise <laughs> Mine is, what's that in the pool? It's my girlfriend. The lake. The lake, whatever. Mine is, I'm not going to the bathroom because I'm horny. <laughs> <laughs> Which isn't from the movie. 
is a quote from the night. <laughs> Mine is thermos bong. Okay, thermos bong, perfect. Yes. That's Amazing. actually perfect because that leads right into question one. That's got to be what we rate the movie out of, too, by the way. <laughs> Closest without going over. Mm-hmm. How much did the bong thermos <gasps> that actually was a functioning prototype? Hell yeah. How much did it cost to make? Closest without going over. Thermos That's my bong. Girlfriend. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, eighty-five. Eighty-five. What dollars? Yes. Eighty-five. <laughs> <laughs> 85 uh, I say. I say ten thousand dollars. Okay. And Molly. Thirteen dollars. Thirteen dollars. Um, eighty. Yeah, five thousand dollars to make a functioning bong thermos, which is like, wow. What did they put into it? Because I feel like if you wanted to, you could probably make one of those that works for cheaper. Oh, but for it's also sure, collapsible. Yeah, oh, yes. collapsible. collapsible. They have to make it like Inspector Gadget. Yeah, um, and so. I think that's where the extra five thousand dollars. <laughs> It, it is functional, you said? It is functional. Like, it actually worked, uh-huh. the prototype. Yeah, wow. but does it work like a hydro flask and keep my drinks warm? Oh, I, my I God. I can't guarantee that it will. Okay. I guess $5,000 would also be, like, the... the Pro, the cost Probably of budget. the the cost of like research and development probably yeah, like yeah, if yeah. you're making this as a company it would <laughs> be cheaper yeah because like you spread that out but since you're only making one <laughs> it does cost a lot more <laughs> all right yeah. next question how long did it take joss whedon and drew goddard, goddard yeah. to write this script a a year b a weekend c five months or d three weeks that's my girlfriend in the pool. Uh, yeah. Five months. No. I'm not horny because I'm going to the bathroom. Yeah. A weekend. A weekend. Hell it took yeah. them three days. Three days. Three days to write the whole script. They wrote the script Jeez. in three days. Wow. Okay. Which I guess if you're working it. with a partner and really passionate about an idea, I could see that definitely mm-hmm. happening. Yeah. Especially a movie like this. Yeah. All right. Who was considered to play the role of the director, which was Sigourney Weaver, as we all mm-hmm. remember? A, Jamie Lee Curtis. B, Jodie Foster, C, Jane Fonda, or D, Jake Gyllenhaal. That's my girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, it's the Jamie Lee Curtis. That is correct. Shit, yeah. I was going to guess that, and I didn't want to buzz in. I didn't even realize it, but I made them all J names. That was an accident. <laughs> I didn't do that on purpose. Okay, so the tiebreaker, thank God I have one, because everyone has a point. Oh my God. Fuck. Cut throat. <laughs> Closest without going over, what's the body count? Oh shit, there's so many uh thermos bong yes mm, 25 okay um i'm not going to the bathroom because i'm horny yeah 57 okay i'll say um 32 molly gets it damn it the, the number is 69 baby oh really wow yes. that is nice. the most appropriate number amazing i feel like that had to be planned oh, oh absolutely. absolutely and i was like no yep, it w- the body count according to imdb is 69 bodies that's awesome and a chef's kiss to this movie <laughs> so i guess molly wins molly wins yes. wow. i'm gonna say harish finish your drink 
Okay. No, no, don't do that. No, okay. Hey, okay, no, don't finish Look, your drink. But I'm going to I'm gonna eat a lot of cards after this. Next do you wanna finish your time. drink? Maybe you'll win. Yeah, you do? Again. Go ahead. Everyone drink at their own pace and drink what you feel comfortable drinking. <laughs> drink responsibly, everybody. I love did you my guys hear that? high life. Yes, I we played, did. Yeah. yeah, okay. I, I heard. I just sure. was like doing my own thing. I love you my mean little the champagne of beers in the background of that. The champagne. The champagne. Is it not champagne? No, they drink Modelo. In they drink Modelo. They do which is drink the champion of oh, beers. Fuck. Hey, um, Modelo or Miller High Life sponsor, sponsor us. Please. Or send me some free shit. I'll happily Okay, drink but honestly, White Claw podcast. should be the sponsor because we drink a lot of White Claw. We drink a lot of White Claw. We drink this a is lot the reason of why there's a shortage. <laughs> we do drink a lot of. It's like Svedka or White Claw, or um, you guys drink wine sometimes. It's been a while. Or Malibu. Oh, I reference Malibu by name in a song, and I think we should be getting money from morning that. morning after, yeah, in the morning after theme. But, uh, yes, uh, we've been chaotic for the past minutes. <laughs> right. Um, but All right, it's recap time, baby. Yes. Shit. Yeah. Who baby. wants to be who? Can I be the stoner? Yeah. No, yes. actually, no, yes. Harish, did you I don't you know, want? it feels right. No, 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 it I'm so sorry. Matter. <laughs> Our guest gets to pick first. Did you want to be the stoner? Yeah, absolutely. Can I be the blonde chick? Yes. Can I be Chris Hemsworth? Sure. And I'll be the other one. I wore running shoes. The virgin? The scholar or the virgin, yeah. I'll be the girl. Should, then should I? Do I have to be the business people? If you want. Ugh. I can be the business people. Do you want to? You be the, scholar, I'll be the scholar. I'll be the okay. business people. I'll be the two buff men. Me. How I look. <laughs> be the two buff men. <laughs> All right. And we can fill in the gaps as it goes. All right. Seven minutes starting now. And it opens on. There's two of these people who work in an office and they're getting ready for tonight's work job work job and then mm-hmm. cut to it's a girl just getting ready for camping and it's me and i'm the virgin or uh i've been like fucking a professor or something anyway my friend this girl who's blonde now appears and she's blonde me. now it oh, is important nice, to know your I just that you're hair. in your panties though i am in my panties yes. by the way I hate Harish saying that. I'm and, sorry. And we're friends, and that's like, why we're, I said we're it. We're cute, and like my boyfriend is Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth here. We're setting you up with this my boyfriend. Guy. Mm-hmm. I'm still not over this professor that I've been fucking, but oh well. Cut mm-hmm. to uh, this guy drives up, and who is it? But hey, hey, hey. the oh, stoner. Wait. The stoner mm-hmm. shows mm-hmm. up and with his amazing thermos bong. Thermos bong, absolutely <laughs> collapsible. You have to note the features; it's important. And then um, Chris Hemsworth's friend brings a RV or something. Hey, I brought an RV anyway, or something. There's an RV here. Anyway, we're let's set off on this road trip, guys. It stands for really van. Um, uh-huh. So we're we're driving down to this cabin. And the whole time I am rolling a joint. It's very important. <laughs> you had to take a class, I guess. The hippie guy had to take a two-hour joint rolling class to make sure he did it accurately in the movie. And then he had to take a one-hour class on, like, um, lighting up a bomb. <laughs> and we stop at this gas station to get gas. And this fucking guy comes out and is like, don't go to the cabin. And we're like, haha, fuck you. We're going to go to the cabin. And, and so we still go to the we cabin. Leave. And, and we he's st- really creepy. And I call him an asshole more than once. <laughs> yeah. Because I see through your bullshit. Cut to the office people are watching us for some reason. And then they get a call from oh, the yeah. cabin guy or the gas station guy. Um, and, and then we're putting him on speakerphone. And, and we're making fun him. of him. But anyways, we're like 
we're like coordinating this. This is right. what you're getting the vibe. We're coordinating tonight's everything you tonight. see happening. We and should the- mention that there are two separate things happening. There are people working in an office watching the teenagers and the group of teenage or t- like 20 somethings like just going to a cabin. Right. Yes. And also as we're driving in the cabin, we see a uh, eagle flying, flying in and it flies into some sort of invisible shield and then it dies. Foreshadowing. Cut to we're in the cabin and... And I'm just like getting in my, I'm the um, scholar and I'm getting in my room and I'm just doing my thing. And there's this really fucked up painting on the wall and I take it down and. Oh, I'm on the other side. It's me, the girl, the redhead, and I'm about to take off my shirt. And I can see her because it's a two way mirror, but I knock on the glass and I'm like, hey, don't do that. Oh, and then we realize that there's some weird shit going on. Anyway, cut to it's later in the night and we're playing truth or dare or it's something. time for kiss I make that out mo- with that werewolf yeah. animal <laughs> kiss that moose, kiss Who, that moose. Wh- yeah which i could I not successfully identify any animal <laughs> given to yes. me the stoner thought it was a moose mm-hmm. but it is a wolf it's actually a wolf confirmed by everybody else in the room anyway cut to it's later in the night and then you guys want to go out and yes rest. so yeah. we're hey, gonna baby, go let's get in <laughs> <laughs> chris so, hemsworth and his girlfriend the blonde wait we went in the basement, right? We already did that. Oh, shit. We didn't do that. <laughs> we did okay. the most important uh, part of the movie. So it's, it, oh, no, I get a dare and I get <laughs> dared to go into the basement because it like pops open or something. And we go into the basement and I'm kind of creeped out and I'm like, oh, shit. Meanwhile, I am incredulous the entire time. Like, yeah. hey, holy shit, guys, we should probably leave. And then everyone comes down and they're all attracted to different things. But then I'm like, hey, guys, check out this diary that I found. And it's about some weird incest bullshit. And they're also cannibals, kind of. And I read it and I'm like, oh, he said this line. And I'm like, hey, can you not fucking say that weird Latin? That would be great. Thank you. And then I say the weird Latin. And then <laughs> cut back to the office so people. In the woods. And a hand reaches up out of the ground. Yes. Yes. Now we're in the woods and we're about to have sex. And then mm-hmm. we get attacked by these zombie hillbilly <laughs> family. Zombie right next. But we should mention that back at the um, corporate office, everyone is cheering because yes. maintenance won the maintenance bet won the on bet. who was going to be killing mm-hmm. us. Anyways, mm-hmm. yeah. so then I get sawed in and half. It's based and based on I, the artifact we picked. Yes. And I it's get, different to note that it is zombie rednecks, not just regular zombies. I get sawed in half. Yeah. Chris Hemsworth runs away. The girl. The blonde girl. And then me and the, the scholar are making out, but then I'm like, oh no, we can't. I've never done this except, wait, uh, never done this specifically. Anyway. Never done the sex question mark? <laughs> oh, uh, you go out to pee mm-hmm. and then there's someone behind you. I'll be the zombie because I'm dead. I was the rednecks and I bear trapped you. <laughs> and no, I'm, the, the, I'm Chris Hemsworth and I'm like, dude, we got to run inside. There's a yeah. fucking redneck zombie family. So I put my us. dick away because that's important. <laughs> I'm sorry. What did you call it when we were watching the movie though? Uh, I did say Pangy. <laughs> I will admit to that. And then I get escape. I get pulled out of a window because that's important. The right. You get guy, attacked yes. and then we think you're dead. And then uh, intrigue. me and the scholar run into the basement and then the scholar gets killed and I'm just hiding. Uh, and then, oh no, we try to drive out. Yeah, that's when the scholar gets but killed. But then uh, the fucking cave, it caves in and then Chris Hemsworth tries to jump over the thing on his motorcycle and then he dies. he dies. And then the scholar gets murdered and then I'm alone. And then I run and then I'm at the fucking lake on mm-hmm. the dock mm-hmm. and this guy's attacking me and but then i fucking jump in and save you because i didn't die fun fact the whole time i was alive yay and meanwhile at the office um 
we, you guys were celebrating. We're, we're, we're celebrating prematurely. Because you thought I was dead. Because you thought I died. Tonight? Other places everywhere around the world have been failing. We know that. That's yeah. it. And, mm-hmm. But we're celebrating prematurely. And then, oh my God, shit's going Something's wrong. Something's wrong. He did say fuck you to a bunch of Japanese children. Yes, That's important. Did. Yeah, yeah, that and is important. We notice stuff's going wrong. <laughs> they're not all, they're not dying like they're supposed to because the stoner guy showed the up. The stoner guy shows up and mm-hmm. saves me. Wow. Love and that. then we go to the basement and then we find a secret room and then we find an elevator. Yep. And we go into that elevator and see a bunch of fucked up shit. So uh, we see like a werewolf. Uh, we see a tiny little ballerina girl mm-hmm. who has her face is full of teeth. And then we, we see Hellraiser. The thing lands. The elevator lands and then we get out and then uh, we like kill this like security guard guy and then we get behind this wall and push this big red button that's there. Because it is a very convenient big red button that says purge. And then it releases all the monsters. All the cages get released and all the monsters are out and they're fighting the security guards. All the security guards die and then we go and we're getting to the bottom and there's this giant room with a bunch of like weird symbols and we're like, oh, it's a cult ritual it's oh shit that's me the whole time it was me and i am a virgin and i walk in and i'm sigourney weaver and i'm like the ancient ones must have sacrifices and i said fuck you (laughs) and i said i'm not a virgin am i a virgin did you why am i the virgin anyway who knows and i said i'm not going to die because i don't want to die for the human race because it sucks so i think we should yeah we should just end it so we kill sigourney weaver and then we end worth smoking a joint after i let you get attacked by a werewolf i think that's also because i was about to kill you i'm sorry and this giant titan hand rises up out of the earth and that's Mm -hmm. the end of the movie yes Mm -hmm. Well, that was messy so we're that gonna have a, to unpack a lot of that later very messy yeah because this is a complex like that, film it do be like that it is a complex movie not so, really but kind of let's i would say like the setup requires a lot of explanation for people who like maybe haven't seen this movie mm-hmm. giving a synopsis would be very difficult i yes. would say that I don't know. I don't think it's an especially complex film, but mm-hmm. telling someone about this film would be kind of hard. Yeah. Yeah. This is one of those movies where you're like, I can't tell you what it's about. Right. You know? Yeah. Unless you just watch it. Yeah. You should just it's, fucking watch it's it. It's better to just watch it blind without knowing what yeah. it's mm-hmm. about. That's mm-hmm. what we were screaming at our roommate the whole time. Like, mm-hmm. don't fucking look at the movie. Mm-hmm. Right. Hey, Bradley Whitford's in this? Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Did not know that. Beautiful. Look away, don't, This yeah. is a spoiler. It's, it's better if you don't know anything about it. Um, so let's start with, why did you suggest this? Um, I suggested this film because it is one of my favorites. Um, yeah. It is very campy. Of course, it references a lot of different films, which is something I really like about it as someone who has watched a lot of horror films. Um, I have been sneaking into horror movies since I was like 12 years old. Um, my dad used to drop me off with my best friend, um, at horror movies. He'd buy us our tickets and then would drive away and just come back to pick us up when the movie was over. Um, which was a great idea until, uh, me and my best friend were freaked out and at the movie theater at 12 a.m. And, uh, like, can you please fucking pick me up right now? Sorry. (laughs) What movie was it? 
uh, Drag Me to Hell was oh, the one that I can think of. Uh-huh. Oh, we love it. That movie in particular fucked me up um, on every... I can see that really fucking yes. yeah. Um I had to borrow a man's phone, actually, um, and be like... And text my dad to be like, hey, can you come pick me up right now? Actually, I'm at the Cinemark. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I have a lot of uh, memories about uh, a lot of the films referenced in this movie. And I also just love campy shit, which is, uh, I think, what the energy of this movie is presenting. It's also funny. There's a lot of weed, which as an adult, I appreciate. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> neither here nor there that's yeah. that's hilarious because like you've technically i guess been watching horror movies for longer than at least me and molly i don't mm-hmm. know about you i've been watching yeah. horror movies since i was a kid yeah uh, mm-hmm. yeah i didn't start watching horror movies till i got to college but <laughs> yeah that's i was edgy tm as a child One of my earliest memories wasn't from a horror movie but it was watching a beheading in a movie so. <laughs> yeah <laughs> if that explains anything about me Wow, we love it. Relatable queen. <laughs> the prophecy is true. <laughs> but yes, I've been watching horror movies since a child. So what are your guys' history with this movie? I watched this movie earlier this year. I really wanted to watch it. Oh, you know why, actually? So this is a fun fact. Um, I bring it up a lot, but um, Sam Harish and I and um, a lot of our friends who have also been featured on this podcast were involved in making this short horror movie <laughs> coming out soon called Getaway. And Lauren said she was going, Lauren, who wrote the movie, said she was going for like a Cabin in the Woods vibe. So to prepare, I watched Cabin in the Woods. Oh, okay. And I yeah. watched it like kind of right before we went on the shoot. And um, it was the first time I've seen it. I knew the plot and I knew the twist going in. So like it wasn't super like excited. Like, you know what I mean? It was just like wasn't all that in a bag of chips like plot twist wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I loved the movie. It was so, so good and yeah. so yeah. funny. You did not have the energy of someone going in and watching it for the first time, right. which is fair. I like, kind of wish I had, though. I don't know. I really, um, I used to read the um, synopsis for movies, like especially horror movies, because I was like, I'm never going to watch them. Like, yeah. I'm too scared. I started watching horror movies. And now like, you have and a, a horror podcast, ago. so kind of Full fucked yourself circle. there. But, you know. <laughs> right. So, like, sometimes I'll come across a movie and I'm like, wow, I really wish I didn't read the entire plot synopsis for this. And this is one of the ones I really wish I had gotten to watch mm-hmm. blind, but I, Oh my God, I love this movie. Mm-hmm. I genuinely cannot recall the first time I watched this movie. I know that in high school, I've seen this movie a lot. Like I'd say at least five times I've seen this, really? but I, I avoided it in high school because some people I knew saw it and they were like, oh, it's bad. And I was like, yeah. oh, crap, it's bad. It's one of those bad, you know, Hollywood horror movies, whatever. And then I want to say the first time I watched this was with my sister right after I graduated high school. Okay. And I know that I, I've always liked this movie ever since I first watched it. Um, I know that the end used to piss me off, but now it doesn't so much anymore. Mm-hmm. But I genuinely just don't remember i i but i just i do know that i've always loved this movie yeah mm-hmm. i've always thought it was fucking hilarious yeah absolutely so uh i actually saw this movie when it came out in theaters uh yeah. with a long history of sneaking into movies this was definitely one of them um it is one of my all-time favorite horror movies just because as I kind of mentioned before, it embodies all of these tropes right. that are really important to horror movies. Um, and uh, as Molly can kind of attest to, we kind of kept a tally here of oh. what movies it references because there is a very long list. Yes. Um, yeah. And I really love that about this movie, that it's um, 
I hate the fucking, I hate the word um, deconstruction. Yeah. Because it, it's very pretentious, but I think that it kind of speaks to what this movie is going for. And that's something that I always really liked about it, um, is that it's kind of a deconstruction of the horror genre. Um, and that's something that attracted me to it when it first came out and something that keeps um, keeps me coming back to it and why it suggested this film in the first place. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember the first time I watched it. I, it was probably, I probably, my, uh, cousin probably gave me like a pirated copy of it and I watched it in like high school and I absolutely loved it. Cause I just in general love like meta kind of like commentary deconstruction, that kind of thing. Postmodern, whatever. All of those words. I love those words. Yeah. <laughs> but you get it. You went to college. <laughs> um but yeah so i did love this movie for the longest time it it is a really good movie and really well done it's definitely a film where like i i think purposefully you're like why would you do that hello like why did you make that decision which is kind of what i love about it because you're always asking yourself why did you make that decision which is kind of funny because on one hand you're like ah screaming at the screen why did you make that decision but on the other hand they're the people who kind of know what's happening and are making the correct decisions yeah it's just i feel like kind of a 50 50 split here where on one hand they're making the best decisions that you're screaming at the screen for uh the characters in a horror film to make but also making just like the dumbest shit in the whole world like why would you split up but that kind of plays into the setup for the film, of course, right. with the office and with um, how they're being influenced by an outside force, um, trying to get them to an end goal. So something we didn't really explain too well in the recap yeah. <laughs> at all. The setup for this movie is that, um, or the plot of this movie, um, there's this office, is this organization across all these different cities and countries, and their goal is to sacrifice five Mm-hmm. or more people it has to be five at least has to be at least five yes. people to um these ancient gods in order to um prevent the end of the world and so right. we're seeing the perspective of um these people going on a cabin trip and getting haunted by these like horrible monster redneck zombies and then we're um also seeing the behind the scenes of why this is happening and it's all controlled by these people working at an office via um a decision made by what artifact these people choose in the basement and they pick mm-hmm. people based on archetype. So mm-hmm. they say the scholar, the jock, the whore, which is unfortunate, um, the fool and the virgin mm-hmm. and the scholar. Did you say the scholar? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. My bad. My bad. The scholar gets counted twice. Um, <laughs> no, but um, there's five of them and they pick this like group of friends who are going to be like the sacrifices and I will say this is something that I think is interesting is that it's so normalized for the people in this office that they take bets annually every time it happens. Uh, That's a scene in the film where there is a... um, like a whiteboard that you can look up actually and see mm-hmm. what uh, people place bets on. And uh, it's something that they put literal money on um, right. to see what they will choose as their fate ultimately in the film. I'll read yeah. out all the um, options. Good. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Werewolf, alien beast, mutants, wraiths, zombies, reptile, reptilius, reptilius which oof, love him. Clowns, witches, sexy witches, vent, Vem- demons um hell lord angry molesting tree 
Giant Snake, Deadites, Kevin. <laughs> Which is funny to read in the list. There's an explanation. No, it's Sin City. It's Sin City? Elijah oh, Wood's really? character's name is Kevin, and he's, a, he's a serial killer in Sin City, and it's a reference to that. Mummy, the Bride, the Scarecrow Folk, which is very gender inclusive. Go them. Um, snowman, Dragon Bat, Vampires, Dismemberment Goblins, Sugar Plum Fairy, Merman, the Reanimated, Unicorn, the Huron, Sasquatch Wendigo Yeti, Dolls, the Doctors, Zombie Redneck Torture Family, which is the one that ends up getting chosen. No, yeah. I think it's the other. No, it is. It is. It is. Oh, it is? Yeah. Because okay. the intern won. Maybe that was important. Got it. Got it. Jack-o'-lantern, giants, and twins are all the like possible right. options. I Those will are- say, if it's important to anyone, uh, when the scarecrows show up in the film, uh, there, <laughs> there is hay that's There's scattered everywhere, hay, which is yeah. my favorite thing. They get shot, thing. and instead of blood, they like turn into hay, which is amazing. Yeah, and and those were all monsters that were possibilities mm-hmm. to kill these people. So, Based like, on what artifact the um group of five chose when they went into the basement of the cabin, which, which is set up by the people running the company. Yeah, which it does vary. They do clarify that it varies uh, throughout different cultures. So um, there are different yes. tropes that apply to each culture. It's generally the same setup, um, but for each. I I don't know. Would you say region? Um, yeah, I'd say region. Yeah. yeah, region. I think is the most applicable term there. It has a different setup. Like I want to say they reference Belgium. Um, they reference Kyoto. Kyoto. Is it Stockholm? Stockholm. They definitely yeah. did Stockholm. So in Madrid, they have yes, one where it's just a volcano. Berlin. Berlin. Yeah. yeah. So they reference different regions. So it's important to note that all of these different regions are having this same trial uh, go on based on the different uh, values of that culture. Right. The goal is to placate the ancient ones, as they call them. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, it's an obvious metaphor for the audience. Mm-hmm. Right. We are the old Molly's gods. We've been there the whole time. <laughs> He's absolutely right. Oh, my God. Oh, Did you just realize that? <laughs> yes. Okay. Wow. We yeah. love that. The The Ancient Ones is just a metaphor for the audience, for whoever's watching Whedon these kinds of movies. If you co-wrote this, yeah. it completely makes sense. That's so yeah. fair. That's so, so fair. Um, so, like, a lot of the stuff that the <laughs> Molly is still <laughs> shook, but a lot of the stuff that the uh company requires is just tropes for slasher movies or like in other cultures like the japanese culture Mm -hmm. um that we see the clips from the japanese it's like um uh the ring girl Mm -hmm. uh attacking like a bunch of school children but which if you've seen that meme on twitter or tumblr where the evil is defeated yes absolutely that's where this comes from um this film is very memeable yeah which is uh very important to me and part of the reason why i picked this film in the first place meme heavy right and so there's there's all these tropes that the company requires to be fulfilled fulfilled to satisfy the ancient ones and it's like the one the one girl has to show her boobs Mm -hmm. we have to get killed like she has to get killed first and then the the virgin Mm -hmm. in quotes has to get killed last Mm -hmm. uh and there's all these requirements that are just tropes of slasher movies um and obviously horror movies of other um cultures 
obviously have different tropes that have to be fulfilled and it, and and it's great cuz like we only see the american perspective we only see the american what happens in america but we do see like clips of them watching the failures in japan and madrid and like stockholm uh and it's it's cool because like we get glimpses of what is happening around the world at the same time which is cool because which i think is also cool because it definitely references a lot of other horror and um genre adjacent movies like king kong for example i think is or like a kaiju genre i think is referenced in the other films as well as like the thing i think was one that was referenced as well the ring definitely um i think that's kind of a cool aspect of this film is not only within the americans perspective that it provides for the um the ritual um i think that it's kind of cool that it references other genres of film that would be more specific to the regions like the the kaiju for example or um the more um genre specific to japan films as well right um kaiju are um really big monsters like um godzilla and king kong we say in godzilla i will say that and mothra mothra queen (laughs) queen So, uh, like I said, um, the ancient ones are a metaphor for the audience. Like another, um, little hint of that is that the big boss of the company is called the director who wants everything to be put in the correct order. Like is like the same way a director of a movie wants to (laughs) make the slasher in the right order, in the right way. Um, the director of the company mm-hmm. wants the ritual to be <laughs> taken oh, place so in, cool. the, in the right direction. Oh, I love that. Right. So that's a really cool. Which is part of the reason why I love that it's like Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. Of course, with her association with the horror genre historically, I think yeah. that that's a very nice touch right. uh, from the directors of this film, um, including her in that situation. Because, of course, in the film, they also have her in the position that she's trying to fulfill the ritual yeah. uh, after it's failed uh, in the traditional sense. And I think that's a very good touch on their part uh, and it it makes sense like you mentioned that uh they wanted jamie, jamie lee, lee curtis, curtis. <laughs> which who is like the screen honestly queen. absolutely i would have liked it more if it were jamie lee curtis because considering but that so- something about sigourney herself like feels yeah. right she, but like jamie lee curtis makes the most sense for the well part. yeah for me for me it's like if jamie lee curtis were the director that makes it like okay so if halloween is canon as one of these mm-hmm. sacrifices then that means jamie lee curtis was the virgin in one of the movies yeah and mm-hmm. then she became the director like she well i mean like, bought into the system and then became sigourney herself is, i is alien, alien but yeah. like that's not really the virgin character but i mean she came from a movie where she what she what she is the surviving right. like, virgin character yeah but i think that's so like fair though if jamie lee yeah. curtis was here that would have been like way more on the nose for me because okay. it's like really because like everyone associates right. jamie lee curtis as like the scream queen well because so i you, if don't you, think they reference the alien directly in this no film, no they, they don't. don't yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so in this if you saw jamie lee curtis walk out you'd be like oh my god this is kind you know what I mean? Sigourney, it's a little more subtle. Because, like, right. Alien, it's a horror film for sure. But it's not like, 
you know, when you think like horror, Alien mm-hmm. doesn't quite jump out because right. most people associate that as a just like sci-fi, even though Alien is a phenomenal horror film. Mm-hmm. Right. But um, so to, but also something about the way Sigourney, like her feel just feels more like the, a person who would be a director for this. Yeah. One. Whereas Jamie Lee, it's mm-hmm. like. Oh, this is just she plays you know. it well. Yeah. yeah. So like, to, th- they're getting Sigourney for this part. To me, f- it feels really good. Mm-hmm. Though seeing Jamie Lee in this role would have been wonderful. I don't know if I could stop thinking about Freaky Friday though. <laughs> if uh, Jamie Lee Curtis was the director <laughs> in this was situation, my first Jamie Lee Curtis <laughs> that movie. I want to say it was I'm probably sure Freaky Friday. Absolutely. Too. I don't. Yeah. I don't know if I could stop thinking about that. Which I think Sigourney Weaver was the move though in yeah. this film. It just it feels right. Was your first Sigourney Weaver movie holes because mine was mine was definitely <laughs> holes it was it was holes in my heart but um aliens is the movie yeah. that i really or wait did you say jamie lee curtis or sigourney, sigourney. okay yeah okay great yeah, yeah aliens is the one that sticks out in my mind honestly as like sigourney weaver weaver tm tm <laughs> sorry 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 <laughs> i love holes it's a film that, that TM, TM, poisonous TM. uh nail polish you know. <laughs> yeah, the rattlesnake poison, of course. Point. Yes, yes. Um, Iconic. Another cool thing in this is uh, none of the characters are actually well. Some, uh, most of the characters are not actually the stereotype that they are forced to play. They are like, manipulated into the it. virgin is definitely not a virgin, and even she is like weirded out at the end. She's like, "Wait, you wanted me as the virgin?" Um, but. Uh, it starts out with the blonde girl who, who is freshly the dyed her hair freshly, blonde. Freshly dyed her hair blonde, and that's why she acts. They they talk about um, that the there's chemicals in her blonde hair dye that like make her act dumb, like a dumb blonde stereotype. Um, but uh, she she is not does not normally act like that and she's in a committed relationship mm-hmm. she's not like a stereotypical whore mm-hmm. uh, yeah character like you would see where it's like um first 30 minutes of the horror film she's picked her guy from the party and she's sleeping right. with him type mm-hmm. character it's, yeah. it's her boyfriend that's like a committed relationship that you see her with her boyfriend who is chris hemsworth who um plays the jock character but he's actually quite the scholar he's actually a smart guy he's pre-med mm-hmm. at the beginning of the mo- movie like you expect like he walks in and you expect him to be like the jock character but then he's like um uh the the main girl um i don't know her name the, the, the ginger, virgin the virgin okay. the virgin character her um she's like looking at some sort of textbook and he like grabs it and she's like no this is not the book that you want and then he like goes to her bookshelf and he's like you want to read this book and then this book and he like picks out like he's he's a smart dude but he has to play out the like alpha male Mm -hmm. jock character and they force that on him right which is an important thing in the film uh that i don't think we necessarily clarified is that they have the um house rigged yeah with different uh cameras and pheromones right um that influence their decisions throughout the film um yeah. to make him uh be 
dumb i guess for lack of a better way to say that yeah, they like pump a chemical that gets his like um testosterone going and he's like raging yeah and he situation. says let's split up which is the worst thing you can say in a horror yeah. film thanks yeah. i love that um, how they did that because you see the gas come through the vent and hit him and then like because before they're like oh we gotta like work mm-hmm. together and then he's like no let's split up it's a really good way to show mm-hmm. right. them yeah that's me the when the gas is, like, hits you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god yeah, oh, I thought that was really neat. And then the scholar character doesn't—we don't really know much about him going into it. So, like, he probably fits the stereotype. I think he—he's the classic like good guy, meaning well. He has right. glasses. They didn't really have you to. Know. He, he puts on his glasses <laughs> at a certain his, point, yeah. but and they didn't really like have the nice guy that. TM because yeah. he like stops uh, before he sees the virgin's boobs. Right. Um, See, I think that's him countering what they had set up though. So like mm-hmm. they wanted him to creep on her, and he he was such a good guy that he switched it. Okay. There is a two way mirror. That they wa- I don't I don't know if we no. said that. There is a two way mirror. Harish, you look like you were thinking no i was thinking about a different scene okay um there's the scene where um she and him are making out Mm -hmm. and then she like stops and she's like um i wrote down the quote she's like i don't want to i've never and then she like pauses and she's like wait i don't i don't mean i've never (laughs) because she's like she's like like she is influenced to say that line Mm -hmm. because that's the line that her character would have had but um like she also has that slight thought that she's like wait i mean i don't mean i never have but never this yeah. situation but never yeah. in a cabin yeah. I guess. <laughs> never, never with, a, with never, someone you just, just met, met yeah. never in a grassy knoll um but the only one who like actually for sure fits their stereotype it's is the, the fool the who's uh-huh. the stoner yeah. but like not even all the way because they make him um the one that's the most aware of what's well, happening he's, he's aware uh, he's woke as the kids would say yes he is woke <laughs> because his weed is counteracting everything mm-hmm. that is influencing him which is amazing right. which i also love because literally from the scene that he's introduced he is smoking um because he rolls up from uh, traveling. Bus. Yeah, he travels to the scene and has a bong that is a collapsible thermos. Uh, Amazing. And they make a reference to it during the film uh, where they're like, you can't bring that on my dad's RV. And he's like, look, it's just a regular thermos. Are you high? Yeah. <laughs> Which is my favorite. My I just, favorite thing. I love he is who's gifted as like the smart character because to me it's justice for everyone who's been like my favorite character in a horror Mm -hmm. movie that's died too soon it's like finally they get to live through him and because like I, i referenced um Aaron Yu from friday the 13th in in his character he's like so funny and dies too soon in our hearts and like i feel like every you always love the stoner because they're like the lovable Mm -hmm. like uh comedic relief and they're always taken out before you want them to be and this this you finally get your justice rest in peace stonard balonard you know that's a love letter (laughs) through this character he's not a stoner but i love randy and scream that's the same vibe though same Same energy big stoner energy also scooby-doo has all of these characters oh yeah i mean absolutely Mm -hmm. oh my god yeah Yeah. where's the dog though 
this uh, good question. I guess the <laughs> stop. I guess the scholar and the virgin are kind of combined into Velma. Velma, yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Even though we know Velma, Scooby's Fox. the final girl. <laughs> Scooby's the final girl. Good, good, good. Scooby's the director, actually. Shaggy's the fool. Scooby's the ancient That's, one. No, Scrappy's no, no. the ancient one. Yes, yes, it is. We've all seen the live action film. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh my god! What a good movie when he turns in giant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see that happened. He's the Titan. I know, yeah, I this is movie. just a Scooby Doo remake. Uh, fun fact: <laughs> every horror movie is just a Scooby Doo illusion. Oh, of course. <laughs> Harish, you looking through your notes? Um, yeah, I mean, I have a few things to talk about. So let's talk about the Harbinger, as they call him. The mm-hmm. first creepy guy they see at the gas station. That's what they call him, the Harbinger? The Harbinger yes. is what the office people call him. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they treat him like a total asshole, which yeah. is my favorite he's, thing. So he's the guy who takes his job too seriously the at the actor. office. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the method actor. He's the manager who's like, we got to get the fucking shit right we gotta he like loves his job too much and he monologues which is very relatable it's great he's the type that wouldn't take vacation because he thinks he's impressing management exactly yeah he's great he he like acts acts out his role perfectly he's like warning the people um which has to happen as usual uh in a horror movie but then like he picks up the phone and calls his bosses at the office um the two office guys and then but like from his if if we were only watching his side of the conversation yeah there's a few jokes but mostly it's he's still like in character and acting out Mm -hmm. like as if we were watching an actual horror movie Mm -hmm. where like he was calling someone and then like reciting some lines about how the ancient ones are coming after them meanwhile we're the assholes in the background who have him on speakerphone <laughs> right and who are laughing literally in the film yeah. laughing at him uh, which is terrible and relatable at the same time yeah it's 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 great he spits more than once i yes. want to say maybe three times he spits i think you should get that checked out he though because it right. spits thrice <laughs> it's like brown I, he definitely needs to see a doctor. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he needs to stop chewing that tobacco. <laughs> um, and then the next scene that I wanted to talk about is where she kisses the wolf. Oh, so thoughts about this. I hate it. Yeah. So like, um, it's the normal game, like truth or dare. And then the dude's like, kiss that moose. <laughs> he Wait. thinks it's a moose. And he's okay. so stoned that he can't tell that it's not a moose. Ha ha. It's a wolf the whole time. I need to point out that when we were recapping this movie, somebody said something about kissing a moose. And then Molly said, I don't remember making out with Jared Padalecki. And I lost my mind over here. <laughs> and I was out for like a minute of the recap, like in tears laughing, because that was the funniest joke Molly's ever said in her life. <laughs> Um, wow, that's a <laughs> <laughs> okay. Specifically targeted towards me. Right. Funniest joke that's Molly's fair. ever yeah. said. Um, but anyways, that I just but, wanted to make sure people knew that she did that to me. <laughs> yeah. But the thing about that scene is, like, when it's your first time watching this movie, you're like, okay, 
something fucked up is gonna happen like the mo- the <laughs> the wolf is gonna mm-hmm. bite her mm-hmm. something's gonna go wrong the and payoff like, never comes yeah it never comes but they set it up so well that you're tense the entire time and i, I just really like that scene because of that like the way they film it like they film her legs walking to it like mm-hmm. so it's like kind of like a sexual thing and then like it shows her face and she like acts out um uh, a scenario where she's, oh me is are you talking to me and then she like oh, looks at oh. it yeah and then she like goes for it mm-hmm. and like makes out and then at that point you're like okay this is it was gross weird. yeah the payoff <laughs> is that you watch someone make out with a fake wolf make out with a for fake for too long and like lick the teeth it's uh. like too much fun fact they had to put powdered sugar on the tongue to um make it not taste bad and also she was like really grossed out making out with a gross silicone because that's my favorite part of making out it's right licking someone's watching her like Mm -hmm. lick the like canine tooth of it it's like ugh. but honestly if i was in her situation i would rather do something with the tooth than the like fake prosthetic tongue tongue. right why not that that's where she went why not go for it honestly like if you're in that situation why not go all out yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I mean, I'd do it. I'm all about committing to a bit, and that's. Uh, I think that's what half of this movie is about: is just committing, committing to, to the a bit. bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I also do need to point out that shortly after this scene, um, she and Chris Hemsworth go to the woods to have sex, and during this part in the movie, Harish stands up. <laughs> I mean, I'm and, probably okay, no, gonna no, no, use no, that I, as the clip for the clip you oh know? yeah you yeah, have to i'm Should probably gonna do that provide context yeah stands up and goes i'm going to the bathroom but i'm not horny <laughs> which <laughs> none of us would have thought yeah absolutely anyway you just were going to the bathroom my dude but now i do think you're going because you're horny that's weird <laughs> um, uh, he, he felt the need to point out look i i appreciate the clarification i was making a joke you guys it was not a bit we're talking about (laughs) it is a bit molly it is a bit Um, it was yeah i i'm sure it was a bit but (laughs) it was just funny it made me laugh that's why that was my buzzer noise (laughs) uh but i also i like that scene also um because um you get more context into the fact that they're like influencing these people on purpose to get right. them to do what you want when they and put the like pheromones mm-hmm. and stuff yeah and it's also the first scene where you see the zombie redneck family that um mm-hmm. is gonna be the monster chosen for them right my favorite thing about that is that you can see the gas physically release yeah. um from the points that they release it from uh, yeah. which i do appreciate that because they could have just left it uh as a you know how gas would regularly re- react you wouldn't see it um, right. but i do appreciate that as a detail for the audience to pick up it's also cool because like in a lot of horror movies there is just like mist mm-hmm. in just to set the scene and like mm-hmm. make it look creepy mm-hmm. and then now they have the mist actually serving a purpose right which is cool absolutely we're getting meta out <laughs> here that's what's important um, I want to. I'm gonna do it for the morning after for this. Um, we started to point out all the horror movies that this movie references. Yeah, there's a video about it on YouTube. I'm gonna go through and like make notes. But let's just talk about some of the ones that we specifically noticed. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Very Evil Dead heavy. Oh, yes. oh very sure. Evil just, Dead heavy. I mean, heavy you're material. calling it Cabin in the Woods, mm-hmm. right? 
the cabin visually is a direct reference to that um mm-hmm. cabin in the movie mm-hmm. and also just um how the basement door opens right and opening to like the pine grove uh that the film is kind of set in mm-hmm. yeah sprawling forested area is a very big reference as well right yeah. and um there's more references within the list of monsters that they choose. One of them is Evil Dead. Um, it's the molesting the angry tree. Angry molesting mm-hmm. tree. Yeah. Which we see later after they push the purge button. Them driving to the cabin. Huge shining reference right there. Yeah. Uh, that's a big one I clocked. Friday the 13th with the lake. Yeah. It's loaded. It's jam Another packed, minor baby. one is at one point someone's like, uh, used to be you could just throw a girl into a volcano. That's actually a reference to this really old movie, uh, Birds of Paradise. That's a movie where a girl gets thrown into a volcano. It's like a horror movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's like a very, like an old, uh, hold on. Also a big one is Hellraiser. 32. 32, yeah. wow. Yeah, a lot of Hellraiser. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, we see like. 32, wow. Yeah. So like one of the early, early wow. horror movies solid um, amount of screen time dedicated to to uh, the hellraiser to type hell, yes yeah. absolutely between like the orb i guess is the word i would say yeah. as well as uh so they're in an elevator at one point uh, at one point uh yeah. and they uh are basically in the area that all of the monsters are held uh and they see they come face to face with hellraiser uh or an approximation of hellraiser i think would be a more apt way to it's, put it it's a very similar it's like Rather than, I guess in Hellraiser, it's like a cube puzzle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is, um, but it's like, like a circle. In this, it's a sphere, and then it's it's still like a puzzle. And Hellraiser is Pinhead, mm-hmm. which has a bunch of pins pointing out. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in this, it's like little like circular saws coming out of his head. Mm-hmm. Um, but like visually, you get the reference. Yeah, right. you get the reference. Absolutely. It's really cool. It's well done. Uh, and they do that with... um. All the monsters at the end, like the big snake, anaconda, the clown, except for it's right. Pennywise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's but a cobra. Yeah. it's all everything is like kind of the same except a little right. different. Right, it's it's like like generic versions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's the one. It's um a little baller. I read about this. It's like the ballerina with the teeth with, all over her face is right. like a Guillermo del Toro reference mm-hmm. because okay. it combines like fantasy and horror and stuff that's like beautiful <sighs> with like horror. Guillermo yeah i'll Love find that an man. article that like specific like i re- i know this is a fact um i'll find a thing that specifically cites the source our boy guillermo that just completely wrecked us this weekend so shout out to our patreon episode uh, <laughs> don't uh, watch that movie we watch the orphanage don't watch it no watch uh, it but no don't watch it on. it's a good movie it's but good but it's um it's really 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 sad yeah, I feel like that's kind of inherent in, in the setting of an orphanage, though, <laughs> as we kind of talked about before this film. You think. <laughs> you think. Have you seen it? I have not, actually. I've only watched anime that's very adjacent to. It's very, very, very sad. It's Single very tear. Sad. Let's pour one out. I almost cried orphans. during that episode, and then I cried Aww. when I went home. Aww. Good, 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 good. Aww. Anyways, back to it's uh, fine. No worries. So, Everything's okay. <laughs> uh, something you guys brought up during while we were watching it was why is there a big red button that says mm-hmm. purge why is that a button why is that a button yeah a why, is there a big red button? why is that a button so that's like the biggest issue with the movie well i'll explain this there is another there is an explanation for that yes, yes please, the producers have an answer that i want to know what it release is ev- releases everyone please so, tell me more okay so i do have an answer to this and this is like something that I read when I was like super into this movie way back in high school. 
Um, and I thought you would read it in trivia, but I don't recall. Uh, I think one of the writers uh, of the movie was like, they have the big red button just in case something goes wrong. They press the button and release all the monsters. And the theory is that the monsters would all kill each other. And then, well, that obviously we would, didn't work. We would end up with just like maybe one monster that we'd have to defeat, mm-hmm. rather than having to kill all of these monsters one by one. Yeah, that's the monsters would super fight each not other. how that worked out. Yeah, it didn't. I mean, in this movie, the like, logic makes sense, but like, mm-hmm. it's not what would right. happen in no. reality. It's it's definitely the kind of thing where like it's if it were like a government facility, this is their backup plan that. Mm-hmm. goes wrong no matter what yeah in this movie it didn't work out that did way did we give this the context of when the big red button was pushed do we get that context no, no. I'm sure we so did. basically they escape the scenario that they're caught in the cabin in the woods uh they infiltrate the facility that the office workers are in this whole time and they're about to be caught by which by the uh, way dumbly is right underneath them yeah right uh i feel like i would have planned that a little bit better if i was uh, a part of this function but that's neither here nor there um at least hide it better right so they escape into that that's when they actually saw uh these horrors like the werewolf um and all of these creatures uh they escaped on this elevator that the creatures were released from uh, and they're about to be caught by the security of the facility who is planning on killing the fool, mm-hmm. um, who is supposed to die first, of course, in this film. Uh, and then they're like, well, uh, I super don't want to die that way. So there's this convenient red button that I'm going to pr- press. And right. uh, all the security guards get killed by the different creatures that are released from the cubes that they were held within yeah. when they traveled to this facility. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so th- the idea is that the creatures would kill each other. Mm-hmm. That's um, neat. I like that. Like sits right with me. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean that's like that's a good enough explanation for me that it's not like it doesn't bother me that much. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's definitely that's probably still not a good idea to just have that button. Even yeah, without that explanation, fair. though, like in the context of this universe. I don't even need to know why they have it. I was just like, yeah, yeah it feels right that they had that button. You right. know, it just it just makes sense that those idiots would have that fucking button. It never bothered me like the first time I watched it. Mm-hmm. Only on like it just feels like watching these yeah. stupid office guys would have this. Yeah, right. If they're gonna have every other trope and every horror film, then they might as well have a big red button. To yeah, push. why not? Throw it in there. I don't give a shit. Right. Also, I just love how all the end, so the ending scene we're talking about, you see all of the monsters as, like, the possible options. Like, almost all, like, a solid, mm-hmm. like, I'd say 60% of the monsters we see in that yeah. climax. I mean, if not right. more, honestly. If not more, yeah. Yeah. And something we brought up during the movie was, like, this is, like, one of the more boring monsters that they could have picked. And I wish they would have picked something like more interesting that would have been cooler. Also, like it might be kind of cheesy though if they did. Yeah, I think the way they did it was like natural and fun. classic. It worked out thing. well, but yeah, yeah, I I agree. It was like low key enough to get to like get the plot moving without being too exciting to distract from the actual plot, and then it also like paid homage to like a lot of famous horror type stuff like killer family is like a pretty popular thing and if that unicorn or the mermaid showed up to like kill 
all of them at the cabin, I would have been like, okay, like it I would have taken me like, out of it. Right. And it right. fits with like they said it at a cabin. This is a type of killer that would happen at a cabin. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I get what you're saying. Like I would love. Like they did go with the most boring option, but right. in the context, it worked for me. They went with the most trope option, I guess. Yeah. It which felt is fine. appropriate. Yeah. I would agree. It felt appropriate for what the situation was because I definitely agree with you in the way that, like, if a unicorn would have showed up, that would have been rad. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if a unicorn would have been appropriate. Mm-hmm. So I but have that's a why question. I'm glad you see them all at the end because you get that kind of like itch to see all the um crazy monsters like it's like scratched for you when you do get to see we love closure right yeah and it's great to see them all just like that whole sequence at the end where they're all released is Mm -hmm. really cool awesome um so i have a question Mm -hmm. what if we never saw the office side until they go down the elevator how would you guys feel about this movie i'd feel slapped in the face Mm -hmm. yeah even even with even so like so imagine you cut out all the office parts yeah so they're driving they talk to the creepy dude then they keep driving we still see the bird flying into so we still know something's off we see that and then we see the cave collapse he gets murdered um uh chris hemsworth just jumps into the shield and gets murdered and then they go down um down the elevator and then it there's a twist and there's a reveal i if they were gonna do that i feel like you'd have to take out the bird in the chris hemsworth part for it to really just like absolutely work as a twist Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. but i would i would also love that movie you know Mm -hmm. i like that this movie does what it does but i would also really like it if it um didn't tell you until the end the thing is for something like the fact that this is like an office controlled human sacrifice, that's such a like out there type thing. Right. That like to have like a whole build up for like the final, I don't know, 20 minutes to reveal that that's what happened. It just feels like that would be kind of one of those situations where you're like, I don't hate it, but it was too sudden. Mm-hmm. Yes. So like to me, the fact that they, they went from the beginning telling you that this was, cause you're, you're almost like in on the whole joke. So it's more fun to watch like, Oh my God, they're not going to buy into this shit that they're setting up. And then they do. So like you're on both sides for mm-hmm. this. So where if it's like, you know, something's off but you're watching the same kind of horror movie play out and then it's like, ooh, final big twist you've never seen. It would have just been like one of those ones where they're like, oh, they're just trying to get you. Where this one, it's like you're in on the joke the whole time and that's what makes it fun. Right. And I think that part of what I like about this film in this first place is that it builds a lot of humanity for the office workers. Yeah. Like they are literally placing bets as to what is happening and what they're going to choose because it's so commonplace that they are betting their real world American USD dollars on what they think is going to happen. And I think that's part of what is charming to me about this film is that there is that world building. They are a regular office that has regular workers in it that have relationships. They have jokes that they have between each other. They do bets every year and it's something that is commonplace and normalized for them. And I think that's something that is important to the world building of this film that i think would have been missing if it was absent from it 
Right. That's a really good point. Mm-hmm. There, We have the um, new guy trope mm-hmm. of it's the security guard yeah. who's new. And he is very, like, not into this mm-hmm. whole situation. And, like, as he's learning, like, what this is about... Um, it makes him uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but everyone else is like fine with it. Cause they're mm-hmm. so, this is just commonplace to them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's, that's a really cool aspect of this movie that we see. Um, but yes. So like, um, t- relating to my question. So something I wrote down <laughs> in the middle of this was, uh, this is a well-known fact from, um, this podcast is that I hate twists. You do. I think twists are bullshit. And this is, I wrote this down halfway through the movie. I was like, this movie is an example of why twists are bullshit. Because I'm like, if we only saw their angle of it, then this, I would be so mad when it was revealed that this was an office. But I mean, this was, um, this was right after, uh, I don't know. This was like about halfway into the movie, but rewatching the rest of it and like analyzing it, I think I would have been fine with th- if, if we only saw their side of it, because there's a lot of like setup. There's mm-hmm. the bird we see, right? There's, um, and then the next thing that happens is, um, well, there's like the two way mirror mm-hmm. between, um, the scholar and, and the, the camera and the camera and um there's the part where um the the stoner finds the microphone and he's like i'm on a reality show (laughs) and then he got got yeah he did get got (laughs) that was one of the best jokes in the whole movie by the way i think the way they did it the setup would have been good enough that i would have bought into Mm -hmm. the ending if it was revealed at the end so it would have been a, a fine twist for me but i think the way they did it in this is better because it's not a twist. You, you know, the whole time. I mean, you don't know exactly everything that's going on, but you know, there is something going on. Mm -hmm. And then the way they explain things as the movie goes, right. It works really well. The whole, the whole point of the film is that it's not a twist and that someone has been behind, behind this situation the entire time, time. influencing their decisions, influencing their escapes, influencing, um, how they can handle this situation. I, that's what I like about the film is that it's not a twist, right? It is something that has been practiced and controlled over, uh, assumably hundreds of years yeah. of, uh, ritualistic sacrifice. Right. And, and seeing the whole office side of it, like definitely like lets us buy into that world before we reveal the ancient ones and all of that. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I, I do like the way this is structured. So my final question before we go into our segments, unless anyone else has anything they want to bring up, but I did want to ask this movie, the company has certain points that they want to hit. Uh, they have to, um, have the whore character. Uh, they have to have her show her breasts and then die and all of that and the way sigourney weaver's character describes it at the end she says specifically the whore has to die first because she is corrupted and then the virgin survives to the end it's at least from her perspective these are morality stories like Mm -hmm. you only survive if you are pure 
and not you don't have sex that kind of thing so my my question is like with these tropes this is something we've kind of talked about on previous episodes but like with these tropes do we are these tropes um do these tropes survive because the audiences buy into that idea or is it just that this is the way that movies have been made and then that's why we do yeah depends on what year it is Mm -hmm. okay i think that for 2011 it's because this is the way that movies are and this is the rules have been set up it's been 30 years these are the rules we must follow them right because we owe every most of what we have with horror we owe to like i don't know 80s slashers yes and um those are the rules but but my question is did those rules come into place because people watch these movies that had these sort of morality details and then they like liked them yes and they believed entirely that that stuff so so you're saying it's the audience's fault these slashers that we get most of our rules and tropes from are from the 80s and let's think about the 80s yeah ronald reagan let's think about the 80s (laughs) the scariest ass of all the worst right awful I mean, there was just this huge rise in, like, not just, like, I'm not talking, like, conservative, like, politics, just, like, culturally. Like, people got real, because, like, there was, like, this super liberal hippie movement, and then it was, like, hard turn to not. Yeah. And about the, around the rise of, like, real good horror was around the time that this was happening. Mm -hmm. This is when these tropes were established. So it's both. It's, like... For a time, this is genuinely what people believed was good. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then those tropes were set up and we just followed them because it's what we expected. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, I think for 2011, when this movie came out, it's because that's what has always been. Yeah. Right. For like the past, the the recent history that we owe like for horror. So it's like a weird mix not just like what the real people expect. Cause like around 2011, we were starting to slut it up a little bit more. Let's be honest. So, yeah. <laughs> End of the world was well, like in a year. Yeah. So you, gotta, so you had to, you had to, right. yeah. This is like the personification of reactionary politics, which is what that era very much, uh, embodied with the Reagan, uh, era of politics. Generally, I think right. that this is very much, um, an embodiment of that. Um, a, return to more traditional American values that um, assign different um, tropes to people to say that you are this and this is the only trope that you can embody and that's who you are meant to live by, I guess. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think, like... Well, I partially agree with that. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say that it's because audiences watch this or whatever, but like we've talked about, um, John Carpenter talking about how on Halloween he was like, they're not dying because they have sex. They're dying because they're distracted by sex. Um, so it's not, they're not in it's not that they're impure or whatever. It's because they're just, they're just horny. (laughs) They're just focused on something other than being aware of what's around them. So I think like, I don't think the intentions were bad, but it worked out that way. Mm -hmm. And especially like considering that the audience for most of these kinds of movies are like 
white male mm-hmm. audiences then yeah it works out that these kinds of tropes worked and then they 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 like were exaggerated and became like tropes right um, because of that and i mean honestly what is the horror genre without white horny 20 somethings right i mean that's like basically what the entire horror genre is at this point yeah so if you were gonna make a cabin of the woods for 2020 let's say um and then wanted to talk about the rituals that would be required to satisfy the ancient ones of today what would what do you think that would be that's so funny because to me sex is almost obsolete Mm -hmm. now yeah yeah. sex positivity is like the uh key word i think of 2019 it has like nothing i would say now it'd be familial drama like yeah it's like it's really nothing to do with sex it's more about like hey your family fucked you up i feel like that's mostly what we see in horror nowadays cabin in the woods 2020 is just uh you snapping at thanksgiving (laughs) (laughs) right i think that would be my cabin in the woods it's just a bunch of people who are depressed they're they have sex but they're depressed about it (laughs) because it's like there's been like a very um quick turn to things because even in the last decade we still had that like real sexual like Mm -hmm. very overt like naked people and and, i mean naked people still exist in horror movies don't get me started but like it's like all of a sudden a lot of horror now now the naked people are all old yeah now they're old people but it's it's more like now the horror comes from like betrayal and from the people close to you it's not like punishment for your sins it's like trust no one everyone like now, you, you like uh, everyone like you're gonna get fucked up from everything that happens to you right, you know like a real reality right. like now surreal the shit. whore is just uh an e-girl who had her nudes leaked that's- you know what i mean <laughs> like yeah. that's just where we're at in 2019 right. um yeah. and that's definitely still a uh relatable and horrific situation not to downplay that um but i think that's what 2019 is kind of uh heading towards we're- in terms of like what horror means for a 20 something in 2019 we're done punishing people for like having sex for not just having sex but for like enjoying things you know yeah now we're back now we're down to like you gotta do it because like the world is gonna fuck you up somehow so might as well live type situation absolutely but it's like it was like a real hard turn in the last Mm -hmm. like five years or so i'm sure there was some slow progress to it but it's been like a strong for sure because like since since i like started actively watching horror movies all the ones that i've watched like I don't know what's popular anymore because like I'm completely disconnected from the we've gone down the box office hole. whatever. <laughs> but um, the popular stuff to me is like like Hereditary, Midsummer, Get Out, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff where it's like more socially conscious, mm-hmm. political mm-hmm. commentary, right? Um, but I guess like the Conjuring universe. The only thing I can think of it's either socially conscious or Conjuring universe. Um, <laughs> exactly right. And good, good, that's, that's that is good. that is a very accurate I, statement. I literally There's can't no think between. of anything else. I mean, maybe like if you watch 
stuff on Shutter Hell House. I'm like racking independent. My, I'm racking yeah. my mind of recent horror films, and it's either socially conscious or in the conjuring universe. Yeah, that's yeah. so. We're gonna get T-shirts made. <laughs> it's gonna be a Venn diagram, but two separate circles. <laughs> good, 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 good. Horror, horror in 2020 or horror in the 20. I don't know. It's a horror 2020. Socially conscious conjuring universe. Yeah. <laughs> but oh, yeah. Ow. And each circle is around the tip. <laughs> oh, yes, of course. Good, <laughs> has to good, be. good, good. What? Uh, what else would it be? Yeah. I mean, that's... We can go into segments now. That's. I feel like I it's, it's time for up. segments for yeah. sure to wrap things up. Yeah. Okay. Um, so should we go into... Uh, what would you do? Yes. We're going to take a quick pause. recent horror nowadays because like we've been watching so much old horror yeah by the way i was thinking conscious i was thinking earlier i was like at the end of this year i really need to shout out gateway because i really need to thank them for really like refining my horror taste but like i feel like i mean i guess dr sleep doesn't really qualify as either of those. Yeah, I guess. But that's Mike Flanagan. Stephen King adaptation, socially Stephen conscious. <laughs> so you got socially, socially conscious, conjuring universe, and then up top in its small little circle is Stephen King adaptation. Yeah. Would he not be the middle ground? Maybe he is the middle yeah, ground. Yeah, I guess, I guess he would like, be. I guess because Dr. Sleep was like a little socially conscious. Yeah. And it, it, wasn't, it wasn't conjuring universe, but it's... Cause like, it's like not, it's like not socially conscious enough not to be like marketable for. Yeah, humor. well, like right. Doctor Sleep is kind of socially conscious a little bit, but like Pet Cemetery, nah. Yeah. <laughs> it Chapter Two, nah. No. <laughs> it tried to be, and it didn't really badly. Right. I guess it's remake Stephen King adaptation, Conjuring Universe, or socially, socially conscious. conscious. Too deep socially conscious makes you cry. Because <laughs> like I, I Child's Play 2018. That was a that was just a fun remake. That's not that good. Right. It was fun. Yeah. But um, it's not, I thought it was fun. It none of it made sense. But like it was fun to watch like all the stupid shit that happened. Um. Okay. So and also Aubrey Plaza looked nice in that. Let's go into our segments. Aubrey Plaza looks nice and everything. That's Let's clarify. Have you seen the new Child's Play? Absolutely beautiful. No, she I have hot not. mom in it. It works. Oh wow, works for her. Amazing. Um. All right. So, uh, Molly. Molly, hit that theme. What would you do if it were you in this movie? All right. So we talked about two versions of what would yeah. you do. So uh normally what we do is which character do you relate to the most? But we got to talk in about We'll do that. Okay, okay, okay. When we're done with Let's this. do the regular. Yeah. Okay. Uh so I I would be a combination of the stoner and the scholar. Uh That feels right for you, yes. Because I I do relate to the stoner a lot. Um just the way he acts is very much me i'm i'm kind of like the slacker type also suspicious of everything around you (laughs) that is very you (laughs) sure yeah and then the scholar is if if the stoner weren't in the movie that would be my archetype i guess good guy means well yeah good guy Mm -hmm. yeah 
I would say I'm a combination of the stoner and the uh, the blonde or the horror, I guess, because it's like my past self with my current self. <laughs> so like the horror is very me through like mid college that time. I, I still identify with that type. Like sure. just like she's cool. I think she's cool. And like, mm-hmm. I feel like that's how I was like, especially for of, in this movie yeah. where she's not actually like a whore. Well, even if she was, she's, she's just like, she's a cool, she's a cool girl. She's yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, even if she was sleeping with a bunch of people, that's like no fault on her, but right. like, which I was, um, but like, and then like I've turned, I think I've like kind of warped into more of the like laid back, like it's all cool, right. man type yeah. things. So I'm, I feel both. I feel quite, I identify with both of those. That's me. I think I would be the stoner just like a little bit, but also Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, well, like in terms of problem solving. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I always that. say I'm really bad in a situation, but sometimes I'm not actually, no, I, I can see be. you really analyzing your surroundings. No, I don't want to be him. I'll be the final girl. Final okay. Girl. kind of there. And I do like older men. That I can't date. <laughs> that does feel right, yes. <laughs> but just like comic relief and um you know I could definitely see I like you. one middle aged man. Wow. I could yeah. definitely see you if like at least if this podcast were a cabin in the woods horror movie, you'd be the final girl. Oh no. I actually do agree with that, oh, yes. No. Yes, you But would. like it's not because you're a virgin or whatever, it's because you my virginity fit, has nothing to do with it. Yeah, you fit the archetype. That's I guess. fair. I'm kind of like not. Yeah, that's totally valid. It's like it's weird. It's like you fit the archetype, but you don't. You, you don't. Know, it's just like At, you're just so you're so good. In the context of this movie, wow. In the I context of this movie, where it's like they don't actually fit the archetypes, but they're like what they can get. You're so deserving. It makes sense. You know. <laughs> Wow! Wow! We love friendship. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, guys. Not to like steal your thunder, um, steal that thunder. But uh, I feel like I would be kind of on this same train that everybody's going. Everyone's the stoner. If you haven't caught on to that, absolutely. Yes, Um, because he's the best character. Everyone strives to be him. Yes, absolutely. I think I would be the virgin and the stoner, um, just because I have anxiety, um, and I think that she is like the personification of like every anxious uh, paranoia that you've ever had. Uh, in a character and I really appreciate that and relate to that uh, in combination with the marijuana that I (laughs) use to cope with that anxiety um, which is why I relate to both of those characters Um, I think that that kind of paranoia manifests into someone who is hyper conscious of uh, what decisions are being made and what uh, you know what you're looking out for and I think I kind of relate to that and that I guess uh, hypervigilance, as my psychologist would probably say, um, <laughs> is really important. Uh, I think that's why I kind of relate to both of those characters a little bit, um, as it yeah. seems everyone does. Um, being aware of your surroundings in a way that um, clues you into things that other people might not right. necessarily be aware of. And I think that's kind of what every person, um, at least who is into film, 
likes to think that they are right. um, <laughs> is clued into something that other people may not be. Oh, oof. Sorry, not trying to. This is not a call I guess out that post. does make that sense. So, like the Virgin and the Stoner character are definitely like a combination of those. Is exactly what every film person. Yeah, that does make yeah. sense. Yeah, yes, you are entirely right. Yeah, like, and they are they are they are intertwined at the end of the film. They are literally holding each other in the yeah. end of the world. Right. So I that think is that so that's true. Wow, fair. that's a good analysis. <laughs> Kyla has done more for this podcast <laughs> in one episode than we have for the past three months. I mean, I'm not going to take credit, but <laughs> if you want to give me that validation, I'll take it. We will absolutely. <laughs> All right. So then the other. The other thing that we talked about is would you work for this company if it were real? this was real would you work for them it's odd because it's like Mm. i would get a lot i would have a lot of fun being a part of this company don't Mm -hmm. get me wrong like if i was like in it and like this was my life like i would totally get it on that bed i would get so into that shit Mm -hmm. but it's like thinking of like now if like out of the blue someone approached me and they were like hey here's how this is how the world works and we want you to work for our company i'd be probably be like fuck not really my cup of tea to like be sacrificing mm-hmm. people you know so like right. i wouldn't go in on so like me now i totally wouldn't be be willing to be a part of this company but if i w- if something happened and i was integrated in oh i would be all in mm-hmm. you know it's right. like a weird yeah. thing for me i agree i would like need to dip my toe in for a minute but like if i would i would also get really invested i would so love it like <laughs> it sucks that they have to die but i love that that's how the world works <laughs> in this movie it's just like it's basically like being a writer you know you're like ooh, yeah. this is so much fun like what can we manipulate yeah i would say probably but like at first i wouldn't be too yeah. jazzed so i saw this company as kind of like the cia <laughs> don't that, do that to me <laughs> no uh, well i mean the cia does a lot of very like very unethical things oh yeah and mm-hmm. there is documented evidence of that where like the cia has caused like um uh like they introduced crack to poor black neighborhoods and stuff yeah so like stuff like that the cia does a lot of unethical things and they believe what they're doing is is for a greater good good or whatever they do and you know so like thinking about it that way i'm gonna say fucking no fucking way but well but solely because the cia is just a u.s agency and they are not like beholden to an ancient ancient god (laughs) whatever yeah so for sure i would not work for the cia fuck you cia we hate cops yeah that was just the racism Um, there's no uh the racism really uh, there's no reason it's just the racism but uh it's different in this for sure because it is a actual like we are beholden to these gods but still i still feel like I wouldn't want to participate in this. So especially you'd be like the security guard? Like you work for them, but you wouldn't love it? Maybe. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I'd actually like work for them but ever. Say, so, so say like shit happened and for some reason you ended up in that job. Would you get into the job? Like would, the, I? would you Would you participate in the betting? Well, no. Well, it's it's more of like I would be like trying to 
make it so that only like evil people got killed in this human sacrifice mm -hmm. like but actually they don't fit the type yeah but that's, uh, that's i don't know that there is are not a lot happened, of rich people <laughs> that's that, but that's not what happened you're in the telling film, me jeff that Bezos is true that is true. Just like these people <laughs> stop <laughs> i can't i'm sorry no but they aren't inherently <laughs> evil like there's nothing to indicate in this film that like they have done any wrongdoing right. like yeah. they haven't set it up that this is a person who's like an ex-criminal and they have done xyz which thing i guess yeah. other horror die. films have done so yeah you could and, make it work but yeah. i like that it did, well i don't know because well, i also have an issue of like movies saying you should kill people that are criminals right yeah. um, that's not to say saw. yeah like i don't know you know what i'm saying yeah you know yeah. yeah i don't remember who it was but someone brought up that this is like kind of the ultimate trolley problem this is just the trolley problem with extra steps mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It, was, because, yeah, it was me yeah it was you um because like we have these five innocent people who have to die in order to save the rest of the world mm -hmm. and i mean yeah it is it is a hard choice but i don't know if i could do it interesting that trolley problem is a very difficult problem you know it's you can't i, I this like, is yeah. like this is the situation that, like, I don't know if I would necessarily get into it, but just um, as someone who has spent a lot, or actually, let me rephrase that, as someone who has spent way too much time thinking about this shit, um, I think that I probably would be uh, invested in this organization in the way that it is. If there was a demonstrable way to prove that this was the only way to save the world, I right. think that I would be invested and yeah. would partake directly in this kind of organization um, just because I do believe to some extent that there is a reason to sacrifice a few for many, but even to that extent, it would be, I, I think it would be a lot easier if it was my own sacrifice. Yeah. Um, it would be a lot harder for me to be in this situation where I'm uh, sacrificing other people's lives. I think that's a lot easier to make the decision when right. I'm sacrificing my own life. Yeah. Potentially. Um, we didn't talk about this, but uh, uh, considering if I were the stoner at the end of the movie, I am shooting myself. Yeah, absolutely. Because sure. like to save the world. Yes, I would kill myself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And especially because they were in this situation where they're in this like ancient chamber basically and this random woman who shows up and is not affected by anything else that you've seen uh with these monsters attacking them and she's telling you that you need to kill yourself right to save the rest of the world yeah i actually do think that i yeah. would oh. sacrifice myself in that situation it would be an easy choice right um and but if or, you're not then right. It's harder. If I was the man behind the controller placing bets, then I would have I would have a lot harder decision. Or if I was the virgin, even I think yeah. I would have shot him. Yeah. Um, had there not been a werewolf that uh that bit attacks. me in the neck. <laughs> yeah. So like another one I want to ask like what is um everybody's like if you were just like in a stereotypical slasher movie, what is your archetype? And we did this a little bit with um like the which character would you be in this movie? But like right. in general, like if you had to pick like now i'm like, definitely whatever the nerd character is sometimes that's the scholar sometimes that's the fool uh but i'm always the nerd character so like in scream for example i'd be the guy who works at the video store um that kind Randy. of thing yeah yeah right um 
it's weird i've always identified with like the whore yeah um but it's like a i'm serious when i say like combination of the whore and like the the stoner nerd guy yeah, yeah, yeah. i think more now it'd be like the stoner nerd type situation but for most of my life it would have been like the whore yeah mm-hmm. yeah i was thinking not to like bring the uh bring the energy down but like the pariah i don't know as, as someone who's uh you know for various reasons kind of felt ostracized uh throughout life i think that okay. the pariah um kind of uh like the texas chainsaw massacre mm-hmm. like the pariah in that situation right. the of like guy the in the person, wheelchair yes who is of, definitely yeah. not welcome but who is included anyway i feel like that would probably be the person i would end up being outside of like the stoner archetype which i feel like that kind of slots in together in some ways um because i feel like the pariah and the stoner are kind of related in that they're both people who are um kind of shoved to the side in some ways the stoner is kind of using this as a way to escape um and to cope with certain situations in a lot of cases and i can relate to that as well but the pariah and the stoner i think are probably the uh, archetypes i would slot into unfortunately but you know i'm a well-adjusted adult now so it's fine (laughs) I would say, like, the alternative that's, like, aware of what's going on, but, like, also doesn't make it to the end. Yeah. Maybe kind of combined with, like, comedic relief. Just, like, the, oh, what, like, the da 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 Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to explain I can't think of a specific character <laughs> The fool. Example. Yeah, you know what? It's the fool. It's just <laughs> the fool. It's just the fool wearing a sweater. <laughs> a sweater vest? Yeah. No, not even a sweater vest. Just, like, a cardigan. Yeah, that's fair. That fits you, I think. I'm the. F- I don't know why I'm gonna pretend like I'm not the fool because I am <laughs> stupid. Okay, so let's move on. Um, um, our next thing is villain oh, ranking. No, no, no! It's the Jared Padalecki Acting Award for Excellence yes. in Acting. <gasps> right. Um, we should explain this because yes. on the past few episodes we, we literally haven't. have not explained what this nope. is. So we have two options for awards on this podcast. We do either the Jared or the Jensen. The Jared Padalecki acting award for excellence in acting is when it's a good movie and then someone acts very well in it. Yes. And then the Jensen Ackles um, and Jared is based on House of Wax, which we all liked and we thought was a good movie. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that so that, so good. Um, and then the other one is the Jensen Ackles, you tried your best in a shitty movie, uh, which is based on the My Bloody Valentine remake, which nobody liked. No. Um, and it's not the best Jensen movie. Ackles was in. Um, but so who is it in this for the Jared? Because it's a good movie. Yeah. For sure. That's oh, what I was down. going to say. If we were going to give the uh, Jared award to anyone, I would say it is the stoner. The stoner, um, yeah. I think from like the very moment he was introduced, he was at a 10 um, <laughs> yeah. that no one else in this movie could uh, match in energy. And I appreciate that. <laughs> like yeah. twice in this movie, I was like, he is acting the fuck out of this oh, role. He's like great. he's so good. Yeah. And like knowing all the prep he had to do, cause he like, wasn't obviously a stoner, like a stoner guy in real life like right he had he, to take a, he did he he went through training and he executed it he had to take a bong class and um, a his real name rolling joints class i also had to take a bong class but that's unrelated <laughs> um give me like two seconds because his name will really pay off Is when i 
Fran. It's Fran something. Fran. Fran cans. Fran cans. Can jam. It's it's Fran crans. Crans. Okay. Is his name? Yeah. Um. So. Killed it. Uh. Yeah. So we all agree it's a stoner. Um, he's the best he's like it's so good he's also in this movie called you might be the killer which is like a fine movie as well it's okay yeah uh but he's good in that i think he's like should we do villain ranking yeah i don't know if there's a villain Uh, would you count the office people as villains i guess that's my question they're serving a greater good is it the ancient ones I guess. I mean, the ancient ones are the real villain, but yeah. then that's like how capitalism is the villain in everything. I feel like you have to put <laughs> like not all really... the monsters as like one subsection, right. but then wouldn't all the monsters always the, be better yeah. than every other The villain? office workers are like Elon Musk um, <gasps> in this movie, oh, no. um, where he may not be the executioner, but he's definitely pulling the strings. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like the office workers could be ranked as a villain if we're going on this. Uh, they're like the, uh, they're like, they're, I mean, they're the bad guys definitely mm-hmm. in this, but they're also like they're like the CIA bad right. guys who think they are meaning well. Yeah, and also you know? like I think there's something to be said about like even within government institutions, there are people who are doing bad things but uh doing it because it's their job. Yeah. And I think that's something you could kind that. of uh unpack. Um, even within like the police force, for example, like not even going to like a government entity, but I think there's something to be said about like police workers, not just right. the police themselves doing what they think is right. Um, even though it may not pay off in the end as, yes. uh, the most morally correct thing to do. So are we saying that the office workers are the villains? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't want there to be a villain i don't it's hard for me to solidify a villain because i also don't can't think of a place to put them in a ranking i think i would agree with molly that like the only um like distinct villains would be the the ancient ancient ones ones and potentially the director i think the director is someone you could put in a villain category without having too many moral qualms about it joss whedon is my number one villain (laughs) yeah that's valid (laughs) you can say that (laughs) it's allowed (laughs) all right so then no villain so no villain let's skip that so let's just rate the movie so no villain (laughs) <laughs> Throw are, we, phone down. are we doing it out of thermos bongs yes, or are we, doing thermos no. bongs? we have Amazing. to it's Absolutely. the best part of the movie thermos bongs i'll start yeah i'm gonna give it a nine nine out of ten thermos bongs i it's weird to me this isn't like a top tier movie and it's silly for me to even be like oh my god i can't believe i'm giving it a nine but it's i think this movie has incredible rewatchability like mm-hmm. i am all if anybody ever wants to watch ha- cabin in the woods i'm never gonna say no to it I, right. I genuinely like this movie it makes me laugh like it just pays homage to so many things that i hold as like meaningful to my like the things that i like in film right um and i i think it's it's well done and there's no reason i can think of entirely of not giving it a 10 it's just that it's to me like a 10 actually is like i will like scream to the high heavens about it type situation and it's not quite that but i do i love this movie so i'm gonna give it a nine um i'm gonna give it a 10 um When I had originally seen it, I gave it 
um, probably like a nine. I was like, oh, it's good. Um, this movie fucking slaps. <laughs> <laughs> I just love, um, I love movies that are like really self-referential. And that's like all this movie is, is like self-referential to horror. Mm-hmm. So it really just gets my like horror movie boner going. And I also just like, it's like a simple premise as far as like the 20 somethings plots concerned yeah but they turn something simple into something super complex by adding the other elements so i like just think that's really really cool i've never seen another i'm like i had a really hard time coming up with recommendations for this because i've never seen another movie like this mm-hmm. and i think if a movie can make you go wow i've never seen anything like that then it's like a good movie right yeah. i think i would segue off of that and say that i would uh you know, just to kind of put it in the middle, give it a 9.5 thermos bongs out of <laughs> 10. Um, it is a film that I think um, really kind of embodies the camp trope in a lot of different ways. Uh, while not fitting into that category, I think it's really good for that reason. Um, it's something that I also have a lot of nostalgia about as someone who's who saw it in theaters when it came out. Um, I've not only seen it when it first came out, but seen it um, on a rewatch as well. And I would definitely agree that it has a lot of rewatchability. Um, I think that it is a really solid film overall. And um, if someone hasn't seen it and maybe listening to this, I would definitely recommend giving it a watch even after listening to this because I think there are things that you can pick up on that we may have missed on the recap or in the general discussion of the film. I think it's just a really good film overall. And that's, you know, not to toot my own horn, but part of the reason why I suggested it in the first place. Yeah. Right. I'll also give it a nine for basically the same reasons as Samantha did. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a really good movie. It overall is really well done. Um, and like, I don't think it's amazing. I don't think it's perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I, I, I just think it's like very good and like, it's rewatchable, like you said. Um, and, I think it, 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 it's also like fun enough that mm. you want to rewatch it. Right. So, um, I, I just give it a nine. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a good movie. Right. <laughs> yeah. Nine out of 10 thermos bunks. So, um, let's do our recommendations. I have some really. Yeah. Well, I'm afraid I'm going to take other people's that I know are more deserving to say them. So if anyone wants to go before me. No. Okay. Do you have any recommendations, Kyla? Oh God. Do you want to um, wait? Where do you want to go? Yeah, I'll just wait. Why not? Okay. Okay. Um, can, oh no, you go. You I can go. go. I only have a few. I'd say Return of the Living Dead, which is a movie we oh, did a good. podcast about. Yeah. Great. Yeah. It's one of those that kind of it's like very Kyla. You thought this movie. It's awesome. It's like um punks and zombies. Mm-hmm. Have you seen it before? Yeah. Okay. And that's have, why oh, I love it. Yeah. Oh my God. I was going to say from what I know about you and just meeting you, it feels right. Yeah. <laughs> it's good, so, good, good. so good. Um, I love that movie and it's also very like aware of what it's doing. Right. Which we talked about on our episode that we did about it. Um, Scream. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. That was obviously. one of mine. Right. The Ring. Obviously because of the reference. I would say any movie that this movie references is probably a good one. So mm-hmm. a lot of movies. Friday the 13th. I also just would recommend. But I will say, I've been watching the Friday the 13th movies kind of like in order. The thir- I've seen up to the third one and then the reboot. I love the third one, I think, the most. Oh, really? Yes. Mm-hmm. I do. I like it a lot. Okay. Um, and then I just put Hereditary in because okay. it's a movie I really like. <laughs> We've talked a little bit about it. Yeah. Good. 
Um, for me, I wanted to recommend 13 Ghosts because uh, the scene where they're looking at all the stuff in the elevators reminded yeah. me heavily of the 13 Ghost basement scene. Yeah. Um, I wanted to recommend The Evil Deads, yeah. which I feel like, Kyla, you would probably back. Uh, one and two. Two is my two favorite. Is better. Yes, yeah, I, saw two. Arm. I love, we love that. Yes, I love <laughs> Evil Dead 2 yeah. um, very much. But both of them, Cabin in the Woods, because Evil Dead 2 is one of those movies. It comes in and it's like everything you saw in Evil Dead 1, it didn't happen. We're starting well, over again. It may be happening. It may be happening. Because there yeah. is like a little bit of that flashback <laughs> at the beginning. Yeah. So it like maybe happened, but like it doesn't matter. It's just like, fuck it, we're starting over. Yeah. Um, it's really great. I wanted to recommend Scream Queens, the TV uh, series. Yes, yes, yes absolutely. Uh, self-aware, paying homage to horror tropes. Um, entirely silly, but super fun, like horror I'm thinking uh, of the Telestrations drawing. Stop. <laughs> Sorry, we played Telestrations last night and Scream Queens was one of them and I drew Ariana Grande getting murdered. And I knew it immediately. Because I was after Sam, <laughs> I knew it immediately. Exactly what it was. Um, I wanted to recommend Tur- Tucker and Dale versus Evil mostly because this was al- that was almost Kyla's pick and it's yeah. very similar to where mm-hmm. it's just like making fun of horror tropes. Yeah. And then uh, backing Molly's reference of Scream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would uh, definitely agree with those recommendations. Um, if you haven't seen Tucker and Dale versus Evil, <laughs> would 100% recommend it. Um, it is very much uh, in that same uh, genre of um, kind of self-aware bog, um, <laughs> bog bog redneck horror, which yeah, I love that. It's great. Um, if you love a silly kind of comedy horror, I would also recommend Thanks Killing, for example. Um, if you love love shitty movies then that definitely is a movie i would recommend um especially with the um appropriate holiday coming up um i think that just happened when this released oh that's fair that's fair that's fair um but thanks killing is definitely a good one um that's an all year round kind of recommendation though in my opinion (laughs) um i think for that same reason i would definitely recommend evil dead um because of course cabin in the woods is a film that is very much um clued into the evil dead universe um not just in its setting but in the tropes that it kind of represents um i think that it kind of embodies all the things that people like about the evil dead and that's part of the reason why the evil dead and the camp genre have survived all this time um so i would definitely agree with those recommendations sorry i couldn't add that much to the conversation (laughs) No, you were amazing. So my recommendations, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil, obviously, as we discussed, and Scream, of course. Uh, and then the other two that I had were Behind the Mask, The Rise Shit, of Life. I can't believe Vermin. I didn't think about that. Um, it uh, It's another one. It's similar to this, but it's not in a cabin in the woods. It's more of like a, it's a pastiche kind of of um, uh, the like just slasher movies in general and mm-hmm. it's very self-aware and really well done and definitely i think you have you seen it no i haven't you actually. should watch it it's it's definitely um something that you would like in this sort of vein yeah um behind the mask it's 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 kind that of really it's it's a mockumentary um where oh, it's i love a, that it's a mockumentary where they are following a slasher like the slasher is the main character in the documentary and they're like so this is how this guy lives his life and so Mm -hmm. like it's from his perspective and he like explained this 
the tropes and stuff and like what he has to do so it um, sounds like the uh, newscaster from scary movie is that yes. uh, yeah i love that yes yeah mm-hmm. it's like that except um that if the newscaster were following the slasher and like actually had it's access like, to the slasher and could mm-hmm. interview it's the like slasher. if you followed like jason or ghostface if you were just like show us everything yeah this is what it's it's really good and it's then awesome. like there are like interesting stuff that happens with it like a it lot goes of moral stuff it goes in a really cool direction um but yeah it's behind the mask the rise of leslie vernon is the name of the movie mm. Uh, and then the other recommendation, the, the legend of Leslie Vernon, the no, rise. The rise. Yeah. Um, the other recommendation I have is this movie called resolution, um, which is, before, I, I have recommended this, um, even on the deep murder episode. Uh, but, uh, it's, it's about this guy who his friend is like, a uh, some sort of drug addict and he like ties him up in a cabin in the woods he like uh chains him to a bed basically and very it's like, evil dead remake yeah mm-hmm. in order to like pret- like um do like a detox and like save him interesting um and then uh, stuff happens and there are similar t- themes to this but i don't want to explain more because it'll ruin it very but fair yeah it it is it's 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 less it's not as fun. I'd say it's more of like a more like artistic that mm. like that kind of like movie. It's mm. like slow and like has deliberate points, mm. but it's really cool and really well done. So resolution is so another one. So it kind of sounds to me like it's like the Antichrist meets the Evil Dead. Would you say that's accurate or is that too artsy? Um, it's about like maybe like halfway to the Antichrist. Okay meets the evil dead yeah it's 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 really good yeah um would recommend but yeah those are my recommendations um so (laughs) that's the podcast yeah thank you so much for coming on great pick did you have anything to plug for now no uh i am not uh cued in the social sphere as much as i probably should be but that's okay yeah um, I'm just trying to uh, be in the deep web, you know what I mean? Um, but that's just where I'm at <laughs> in my 20s, you know? Yeah. I am very much involved in social media because I'm a shit heathen. Um, you know, there's a whole song about it, um, whole album about it, actually. Um, my Twitter handle is, is Midsummer Queen. I hate that I said handle. Um, my Instagram is at Molly Francis Haynes, and my letterbox is M O one one Y H A I N E S. And I'm at Not a Credit Card on everything. Okay, that it's over as soon as you say that. Okay, I know. I'm on Twitter at. Savage. I can't. Are you? Is your mic on? No, you turned. No, it, it wasn't. It's off. Yeah. Okay. I'm on Twitter at Save Our Shaggy. That's a Scooby-Doo reference. And you can get me on Letterboxd and Instagram at SamanthaDon13. You know, if I'm actually going to take this chance to plug someone, <laughs> I'm going to plug my friend uh, who makes amazing art that is kind of uh, involved in the horror genre. It's not girl art. 
Um, they do amazing um, embroidery and um, kind of horrific eyeball art. You said um, snot girl or yes, snot girl? Snot girl, okay. S-N-O-T girl art. Um, so if you are interested in things that are kind of weird and horrific, I would definitely check them out. Um, I don't have anything to plug personally, but if I'm going to shout someone out, I might as well shout one of my best friends out. And that's on Instagram? You said? That is on Instagram. Cool. And then you can follow the show at Tipsy Terror on Twitter or yeah, on t- Twitter, Tipsy Terror Pod at gmail.com if you want to email us. And then we have Facebook and Letterboxd. Just search Tipsy Terror. And then um, uh, we have a Patreon if you want to subscribe to our Patreon, support us. Um, for $5 a month, you get bonus episodes. And for $1 a month, you get to uh, vote in polls to decide one of our episodes per month. Um, and, uh, we have some ideas about the Patreon in the future, but that yeah. will be announced later. Um, you might find out about that later, but yeah. Uh, if you want to go to our websites, uh, we have tipsy RIP tipsy WTF tipsy and tipsy P-U-B. Molly's Your mic is not on. Mic. Dot pube and I fumbled the mic to try and say it on time and I did not make it. I did not make the handoff. Classic. But yeah. Oh my god. Also, by the way, I mean, we'll talk about this later. What are you gonna say? Um uh I might have to take out some of those because they are expensive. Um because so I renewed our all our domains oh, yeah, this okay. year and um, you can cut dot pube. It's time to trim no, the pube. Dot pube <laughs> and dot WTF. Like dot RIP I'll keep and dot com I'll keep. But dot pube and dot WTF cost like $20 each. Whoa. Because like the first year I had a deal, which is why I bought them. And like for the first year, it was like a dollar each. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, hell yeah. And then <laughs> and then uh, I renewed them in like $40 August. later. In August, that was like. It was like forty dollars on what the fuck? But yeah. Oh, anyway. No. This is why the Patreon is important, guys. Uh, if you want us to keep dot pube in the sphere. Save the pube. But yeah. This is our new campaign. Save the pube. Jesus Christ. Anyway, that's it. Uh bye. 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 And I'm not leaving the podcast because I'm horny. <laughs> Oh, the answer to that is uh, just don't fuck anybody then. Exactly. What?